0: And away we go, hour two, great day for Talk Radio. You know, tragedy, tragedy, and more tragedy. It just seems every time you turn it around, stateside especially, these mass shootings, I mean, it's really become epidemic. And uh, whether or not PTSD, the guy was a Marine at one point, 28 years of age, and... uh, I mean, the situation there is horrific. When you consider, too, and I was mentioning that last hour, some of the people in that country-western bar in Thousand Oaks, California, had also been at that country-western concert in uh, Las Vegas just over a year ago when the gunman from the hotel room up there 32 stories up started shooting up the place, killed like 58 folks. I mean, to survive two of those occasions, it just shows you, I mean, uh, this is something toxic. And uh, when I call it epidemic, it's uh, also, and there's a fear, a palpable sense that maybe some of this will start to seep into our own culture of crime and gang warfare and what have you. Uh, As a consequence, we've had Bill Blair, the Minister of Border Security and Organized Crime Reduction, and Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale announcing $86 million to combat gun and gang violence earlier today. And so I wanted to see how the opposition leader feels about that matter, and many more things pertinent to his own party, including Mr. Clement. Andrew Shear, leader of the uh, opposition, has joined us on the line here on the Oakley Show at Global News Radio six forty Toronto. Mr. Shear, always a pleasure. Good afternoon.
1: Thank you very much for having me back on.
0: Well, first things first. How about this uh, organized uh, crime reduction thing? Eighty six million dollars, fifty one and a half million spent over five years for the Border Service Agency building an uh, all-weather detector dog training facility, more sniffer dog teams, expanding x-ray technology at postal centers and cargo facilities. What do you make of that? I mean, money well spent?
1: Well, it's money that's already been announced. There's nothing new in this announcement today. Uh, this was uh, These are dollars that are were already allocated. Uh, conservatives have have long been saying that uh, the most effective way to keep uh, violent uh, crime down and, and, and crime with firearms down is to go after illegal guns. But, uh, so in that sense, you know, uh, this, is, this is the type of thing that conservatives uh, b- b- believe can be effective. But, but in reality, there's nothing new here.
0: All right. When you say go after illegal guns, uh, I think a lot of people would probably uh, recognize that some of these are coming up through the reserve system, straddling the border. I mean, how do you police or patrol that?
1: Well, you know, the, 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 there there has to be a wide variety of ways to go after this. You're, you're absolutely right uh, that there are, uh, there have been identified as as uh, as points where uh, illegal things can be trafficked into Canada, whether it's firearms or or cigarettes. Uh, and uh, and in that respect, the RCMP uh, does have uh, tools that it's at its disposal and works works hand-in-hand hand with many First Nations organizations where, where that has been identified uh, as a real problem. Uh, of course, uh, when you look at the, the amount of containers that come into our ports and the amount of uh, trucks that cross our borders, uh, the, the, the percentage that is actually inspected is very, very small, and that too has been identified as a weakness. And, and so these are things that have to be addressed. We, you know, we, we, we want to live in a, in a country where uh, goods can flow freely and, and where, you know, you can have things delivered and shipped. Uh, so we have to find that balance between not uh, uh, blocking everything at the border and the ports, but uh, at the same time having meaningful expe- inspections that uh, are able to track as much as possible.
0: Well, 86 million over five years, it was announced today. Uh, is that going to do it?
1: Well, you know, it's uh, it, when you look at, at this government that has uh, not made these types of investments in, in the past. Uh, they're only suddenly discovering this file in the in the very last year of their mandate. Uh, t- today in the House of Commons, there's actually a piece of legislation, Bill C seventy five that lowers penalties for gang activities. Uh, it, it weakens the penalties so that uh, people who are convicted of uh, violent uh, criminal gang activity uh, can be let off with as little as a fine. So, you know, the the optics of a, of a, of a dollar announcement in Ottawa that hasn't flowed uh, to any of the, the, the sources that it's been earmarked for, uh, while at the same time they're actually weakening penalties for people who actually commit the crimes, I don't believe that's a, uh, a common sense justice plan. I I unveiled policies today aimed at cracking down at, at gang members that would end automatic bail, that would revoke parole for gang members who, while they're out, sort of start reassociating with criminal organizations. Those are meaningful things that will actually keep the dangerous people behind bars longer.
0: Mr. Shear, tell me, who sponsored C-75? You're talking about, you know, just a slap on the wrist for gang-related activity? That seems counterintuitive.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I I think this is one of the things that that, that many Canadians are not aware about. This is a liberal government bill. This is not a backbench bill. This was a bill that uh, changed the law relating to many, many different types of offences, changing it from serious prison time to uh, giving prosecutors the ability to issue as little as uh, a ticket, administration-type fines. And there was a lot of different types of crimes that were included in this. Conservatives fought hard against it. Uh, included in in the watering down was not just gang activity, but also terrorist activity. Uh, the people who were found guilty of committing uh, crimes related to terrorist organizations were seeing their penalties weakened as well. At committee, Conservatives were able to put enough pressure on the Liberals. They backed down on the terrorist-related charges, but they haven't backed down on their lower penalties for gang members. And that is something that I just don't understand. And we're going to be raising the alarm on this as this bill continues to move through Parliament.
0: Again, with Andrew Shearer, leader of the official opposition, Bill Blair was talking, too, about uh, well consultation, public consultation on gun control. Would you favour uh, a handgun ban?
1: No, I won't. I, I, I don't favour symbolism over substance. And it's very easy to ask law-abiding firearms owners to follow more laws. Uh, It's more difficult to get real criminals who break laws. And uh, it's already illegal to sell drugs. It's already illegal to smuggle firearms. So making a certain type of firearm uh, prohibited isn't going to bother people who are already committing several other types of crimes. Uh, Canada is uh, a country where both you know, political parties of all stripes agree that we have to have a, a robust licensing regime. We have to make sure the RCMP is doing proper uh, background checks. That is something the Conservative Party supports. Uh, we have always thought that a robust licensing regime uh, goes hand in hand uh, with responsible firearms ownership. So uh, we don't believe that banning handguns will have an effect. We have experts from police associations across the country saying this is this will be all image with no practical impact. We'd rather focus our efforts on making meaningful changes to our justice system to hold criminals accountable.
0: All right, with Andrew Shearer, leader of the uh, official opposition, let me just pivot from public safety to uh, national security. On the matter of Tony Clement, uh, any indication if Mr. Clement compromised national security?
1: So it's very difficult for me to make that that uh, uh, um, conclusion. Come to that conclusion, I I just don't know. Uh, He came to me. uh, We had a meeting this week where he went over the situation that he had found himself in. Uh, he told me that he had brought that to the RCMP and the Privy Council Security Organizations, that that, uh, that his situation was with them, that in fact the RCMP was uh, investigating it and pursuing as to who might be the on the other end of the of the uh, conversation through through social media, whether or not it was uh, a person or an organization acting to uh, to extort uh, money from. Him. Um, so it's 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 very difficult for me to say what what else might be part of that. Uh, it is before the national security uh, for, forces that we have with with uh, CSIS and with the RCMP, and, uh, and I would expect that they would be able to to make that determination once they uh, they are aware of the full scope of what's uh, what's happening here. But
0: as to the timeline, uh, now he's admitted some of these things; these indiscretions or improprieties took place. Uh, last summer, I believe. So when did you know about them?
1: Uh, so I found out, uh, I, I was able to have that meeting with with Tony on Monday. Uh, and then as to any types of prior incidents, I, I found out when you found out. Uh, this was not something that was brought to my attention when, when uh, Tony and I first sat down. It was presented to me as if it was a, an isolated in, uh, incident, a, a lapse of judgment that has led to a specific situation. Uh, now, it seems that there are multiple allegations of, of uh, uh, similar types of behavior, including another incident where there, there was an attempt to, to either exchange money for, for information or to indeed uh, exert pressure on someone. So uh, that, uh, it's unfortunate, obviously, this, to, to see that this was not uh, this is perhaps just a, a one-off as it was originally pre- presented. And that's why uh, Tony uh, has agreed to sit outside of our caucus while he, while he addresses these.
0: But he came to you? Is that how this worked?
1: Uh, yes, I can confirm that 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 he came to me, that that uh, that uh, he brought me up to speed as to what he was dealing with in his private life, and in uh, as a result of his uh, interactions with someone that he believed to be a consenting adult. Uh, it's, it's unknown. I, I have no uh, information as to who. The person or persons may be, um, but uh, but as I said, it was it was presented as as an isolated incident, not a pattern of behavior that seems now to be uh, in question. It's, of course, uh, with with Tony himself admitting that there have been other types of interactions, uh, so uh, so Tony has agreed to sit outside caucus as he deals with with uh, the situation.
0: All right, sitting outside caucus as an independent, uh, an election is a year away. Uh, would you sign his papers to run again as the rep in Perry Sound Muskoka under the uh, Conservative Party banner?
1: Well, look. I, what, what what we're dealing with right now, what Tony is dealing with right now, is very serious. Um, it's uh, as you, as you rightly point out, there there are some national security uh, implications, and now there are some uh, concerns, certainly raised about uh, what other types of interactions he may have had. Uh, as uh, as someone who said, that there are implications with coming from sitting out of caucus, uh, but you know, uh, Tony has indicated that that uh, he would, uh, you know, he is going to uh, attempt to, to to speak to these. Types of allegations and uh, and so we'll, we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, but uh, but right now, you know, as it stands, he is not a member of our caucus, uh, and therefore there are there are those implications that that go along with that.
0: Mm. So uh, what would it take for him to return to caucus, if at all?
1: Yeah, you know, I, it's, I think it's too early to, to start to kind of try to 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 to, 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 to uh, think about that. Right now, we're we're just kind of all. Still reeling with uh, with what we've learned in the past a little bit. It's it's uh, it's only been, you know, forty eight hours since he's uh, resigned and, and there you know, we have to f- fully understand what we're dealing with and we have to understand you know are we talking about someone who has uh, uh, made a couple of uh, lapses of judgment is this something that is a more uh, prolonged pattern Uh, and and of course if there's any kind of suggestions of unwanted interactions then that's a very serious matter as well there is a process in place in the House of Commons Uh, if there if there are any uh, formal complaints with staff members or other members of Parliament uh, there is a process that we can certainly use to to make a determination. Um, but uh, outside of that, you know, the, the onus is uh, really on Tony for him to uh, to, to address these, uh, these allegations.
0: Let me ask you then uh, something else. This has to do with the procurement issue of 631 vehicles for the recent G7 summit up there in Charlevoix for the RCMP at a cost of $23 million to the taxpayer. Some of these vehicles now logging less than 100 kilometers being put up at auction uh, fire sale prices you know it really is symptomatic of a bureaucracy out of control if you were in charge of the government how would you handle stuff like this
1: We've got a government right now, and you've put it perfectly, a bureaucracy out of control. We've got government ministers who have completely abdicated their responsibility to provide oversight. And there is no way that uh, a mid-level official should feel that they could get away with doing this. And if you had the proper oversight, if you had ministers who really had a grip on their department, who saw these types of proposals working their way through, who, who know enough to ask questions like, you know, why are why are millions of dollars being spent on vehicles? Uh, and then prompting that that drilling down as to what is that exactly is going on and then canceling their plans. We see this time and time again where uh, departments start doing something, whether it's the stats can issue with seizing uh, personal information, whether it was the decision to transfer uh, t- Terry Lynn McClintock to a, a healing lodge, where uh, this government does not take responsibility for decisions of the departments, and they need to take the responsibility. They are the elected representatives, they are the, the government, they are there on behalf of Canadians. The 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 government officials don't get to make these types of decisions. Uh, there has to be some oversight and some accountability, and a Conservative government would never have allowed that to happen. This, this is so ridiculous. You cannot tell me that there was not a more option. And if there wasn't, they should have scaled back what they're offering. To, 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 to make Canadian taxpayers be on the hook for luxury vehicles that the government of Canada owned for, for what, less than two weeks? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's just, it's, it's, nobody believes that this is a good uh, good expenditure of money.
0: Well, uh, we hope that somewhere along the line, uh, somebody will get the memo and rein things in. I appreciate talking to you, as always. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again real soon.
1: Thanks very much. Really appreciate it.
0: All right. Andrew Shearer is a leader of the official opposition.